Hello everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Welcome back to the One Man Low Council. Happy and blessed Easter to everyone out there in the world. I hope that your Easter weekend was awesome. I hope that your Easter week as well is going fantastic. Don't forget that Easter itself is a long season, so Easter is not over, so we'll be saying Happy Easter for several weeks to come. And welcome also to episode 237 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, because yes, indeed, this is a podcast, which reminds me to shout out Toph Morse, who continues to be a $5 supporter of the podcast over on Anchor.fm. So thank you very much, Toph Morse, for continuing to support the podcast. And if you listen to the show, as a podcast, please consider leaving reviews on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all of the locations, as this podcast is indeed available in all of those formats. Uh, feels like it's been forever, because there was, of course, no stream on Saturday. I was also not on Friday Night Tights, because it was Good Friday, and we were traveling on that day, and of course, my, my focus was on the family and being able to say hello to the family. Of course, it was a great day of, of fast and abstinence as well uh, for meat. And, of course, it was a solemn day, so I was able to spend some time in prayer on Friday as well. And then, of course, Saturday, Holy Saturday, we had the Easter Vigil. And I was actually able to, from uh, Pensacola, drive a few hours into New Orleans. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm that passionate. Uh, I drove three hours uh, into the New Orleans. I uh, got there about an hour before, um, got there about an hour before leaving to go to Mass, and I was able to experience the Easter Vigil according to the 1962 rubric, so the Latin Mass, the pre-Vatican II Mass at St. Patrick's, which was my home church, my home parish when I was living in New Orleans, and it was great to see a lot of the same families that had been there before I left, still there, uh, still thriving. And it was beautiful. If you've never been to an Easter Vigil Mass, I highly recommend it. Um, even if you are not Catholic, I think it is one of the most powerful experiences that you will ever go to, just with everything that they do. Um, especially, even if it's not a traditional Latin Mass Easter Vigil, I think that you can still find, if it's a good church, if it's a good faithful church that does it that does it well, uh, even if it's in the English Norvis Ordo, the new Mass, I think you can still have an incredible experience with it just with the fact that the lights are off and then at first the only thing lighting the church is literally the Easter candle, the light of Christ. You have these beautiful thing, beautiful prayers that are being uh, sung if it's being done right. Uh, shout out to Father Christopher Miller who I know did an Easter vigil stream and he did the Exalted, which he, he did not sing and I was very upset by that. I was very upset that I did not get to hear Father Christopher Miller sing um, that beautiful prayer of the church. Um, <laughs> but if it's done right, it's, it's gorgeous. And at one point, literally the only thing lighting the church is of course the Easter candle and everyone whose candles have been lit from the Easter candle. You just look around and you see literally the light of Christ just lighting the faces of everyone. So it's, it's just a beautiful thing. I will say the one criticism I have of St. Patrick's, which I love, it's my home parish. I love it. It's rooted in tradition and, and I love it for that very reason this year, for some reason, they they turned some of the lights on, uh, which which was kind of upsetting because they did an awesome job at the beginning where all the lights were turned off. And it's one of those amazing experiences as well because you literally feel like you're in the tomb. You feel like you're in the tomb among the dead 
waiting for the resurrection. And it's just a powerful, it's just such a powerful experience to have. And that's why it's also powerful just to see the light lighting everyone's faces. But it was kind of taken away because they had the lights on in the church. And I don't know why they were doing it. I, maybe, I guess it was because, the, you know, they've had complaints in the past where the older parishioners who are trying to walk in a church late can't find their way in and have fallen. I don't know. Um, but other than that, it was beautiful. It was a three-hour mass, three hours, and uh, there were a few people that were uh, baptized into the church. There were a few that were confirmed into the church as well. So one of the priests there was was given the authority from the bishop to do that, which was awesome to see as well. Uh, it's always great to see people uh, brought into the church. But anyway, I hope everyone's Easter was fantastic. Mine has been great. So thank you again for your love and support. Uh, we got Not Another Dime dropping an early $5 super chat with the thumbs up. Thank you very much. Not Another Dime. I appreciate that, man. Uh, let's see. Pat S. says, off the road again. Tonight's report, Cracker Barrel still does not have pizza. Well, you know what? I don't think Cracker Barrel should ever have pizza. I feel like they should make biscuits, breakfast items, and that's about it. I don't even like how they do lunch, to be honest. Like, to me, Cracker Barrel's, like, bread and butter, for lack of a better expression, is their breakfast. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of glad that Cracker Barrel doesn't do pizza, and I kind of don't ever want them to do pizza. I don't know. That, 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 that's just me. Uh, what say you in the chat? Uh, Lucy, just dropping a $5 sasa super chat, says, Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Happy Easter to you, Lucy. As a non-denominational, your description of the Easter vigil makes me curious about going to one. I'm glad that your Easter went well. Well, thank you very much, Lucy. And yeah, if if you like, because obviously, you know, the Easter vigil is not for everybody because it is long, right? it's a long, right? It's a long mass. But if you're drawn to the sacred, if you're drawn to, um, I'm trying to think of the word for it. If you're drawn to solemn things, like if you're drawn to to quiet and, and solemnness, right, and beauty, I think that it, I think that you can probably get through the length of of the mass itself, um, because you just get so caught up. Like, and that's one of the beautiful things about you know why I'm you know, such an advocate, you know, not just because I'm a teacher, not just because it is my faith, uh, but, you know, to be a Roman Catholic is because the signs and the symbols are there to lift the mind, to lift the heart to God. And so the Easter Vigil Mass is one of the best examples of how we do that. And again, if you're in a good church that does it right, and hopefully it's just, it's a beautiful church, right? So it's got the stained glass windows, it's got, you know, all of those physical things, which, do they matter in the long run? Like, like, are they in and of themselves, um, you know, necessary? Maybe not. But do they help us? Do they help us raise our minds to the spiritual? Absolutely. And that's something that they very much knew. And I hate to say, and I hate to use this as always the, the point, but always in the, in the pre-Vatican II mindset. And we really started to see this movement happen before, um, you know, before Vatican II as well. But this pre-Vatican II mindset, when a church was being built, there was this mindset of we have to make this a house of God, a house of worship, not not just a space, not just this bland room that, you know, oh, but it makes everyone feel comfortable. It's like, I can understand that to an extent, but it, we're there to worship, right? We're there to offer worship to God. And so to have all of these signs and symbols there is so important. And uh, if you're ever in New Orleans, St. Patrick's does it right. 
Um, and I highly recommend it. But Lucy, thank you very much. Happy Easter to you, Lucy. Blessed Easter. All right. We got Orange at Reviews in the chat who says, James Bond, oh right, you've been watching the classics. That is good. You've taken your first steps into a larger world. Now I can call you All Father Odin, All Father. Well, thank you very much for that uh, permission. I, I, I appreciate that. But yes, my wife and I have been going through the classic Bonds. I'd never, I have never seen the classic Bonds up until just these past week, past week or two. The earliest Bond I had ever seen was Pierce Brosnan, was the Pierce Brosnan Bonds. I'd seen clips of the others because my dad has been watching them for years, and I'd see clips of it every now and then. But as far as like actually sitting down to watch them, the earliest Bond I had ever seen up until the last couple weeks had been from the 90s, was Goldeneye with Pierce Brosnan, which I know is anathema and is, is heresy to a lot of people who are fans of the Bond franchise. So my wife and I have so far watched Dr. No from Russia with Love, Goldfinger, we just finished Thunderball the other night, and we're about halfway through You Only Live Twice. So it's kind of been our our thing where, uh, especially on nights like this where I have a stream or there's something else going on, where if we only have like about an hour or so before, you know, you know, heading to bed or anything, you know, we'll watch it for however length of time that we have. And so that's why we're kind of doing it like half, almost half and half at a time, whatever time we have available, really, uh, since she works throughout the day. And, of course, this past weekend we couldn't watch it at all because... We were with family, um, but that's kind of how we, we've been getting through them. And I will say so far, I've actually very much liked them. My wife and I have found them entertaining. Uh, and my wife always asks the question, I wonder if they were taking themselves very seriously or if they knew that there was a lot of campiness. Like, did they recognize at the time the films were being made that there was this level of campiness to them or is that just the 2021 mindset looking back at these films made in the early 60s and looking at them as camp and originally they weren't able, you know, they weren't looked at that way. Also, my wife has admitted, and I, I, I admit that I'm also affected by this, I think because of the fact that we've watched the entire Austin Powers series, I think adds another level to us watching these movies because all we can think of is, ooh, this Austin Powers took this element and took this element, Right. We were watching Thunderball, and we were like, oh, look, the sharks, where are the freaking laser beams attached to their heads? Like, so that's what we're thinking, and I saw that uh, for You Only Live Twice, which we just started, that the villain is very much what Dr. Evil was mostly based off of as a character, uh, as far as at least the look is concerned, and so I'm actually, uh, it's it's been really cool, and I'll go, I'll go into more detail and give kind of like mini reviews for each of them. I will say that the first few kind of blend together. Like, I have very similar views of the first few movies. And there's one that I actually was not that big of a fan. And I'll talk about that as well. All right, Dean J in the chat, what's going on? Andrew Hoyle says, hope everyone had a happy Easter. Happy Easter, Andrew Hoyle. I know it's late over there. Snortapoopus Cuber, 637, says, hello, humans and other quitters. Hello, Snortapoopus. How's it going? We got Tina B, Empress of the Universe in the chat. Hail to you, Tina B. And it says there that Stephanie has been sick, but she will be here. Steph, if you're watching this, if you are now live in the chat, please take the night off. Chill out. Take, take, take some rest. Your health is the most important thing at this point. Roger H., thank you very much for the $2 Canadian super sticker. I'll see what the sticker was or is uh, once I get to it in the chat. Brian Barth in the chat, hail to you. 13th Warrior, hail to you. Glad to have you back. Forever Sci-Fi, what's going on? Gmonkey76 here. Brian Barth saying, have you seen Westworld? Yes. 
And uh, Westworld Season 1 was pretty solid. I agree with your assessment there. However, just like with most modern-day television and movies, especially ones that are behind the paywalls of HBO and Showtime, etc., could have done without the nudity. I understand it's kind of like a part of that universe, that, it, that it's people using the machines for their own gratification and pleasure, but I still hold that you don't have to show everything. I still hold that you, you don't have to be as graphic as they have been. But yeah, uh, season one's good. The rest, haven't seen season three because season two was, was so not as good as season one. Like, there are moments I like. There are other moments I, I, I like the characters, I think, more than the actual show itself in the season two. To the point where even my wife was like, I have no desire to watch season three. And, and she's not bothered by the same things that I'm bothered by. So that, I think that says something about just the quality of the show kind of going downhill. Uh, Kara Tharp, what's going on? Welcome back to the chat. Glad to have you here. Pat S. says, I am here. I will be expecting hellos for the next five minutes if anyone wishes. To the rest of you, hey, well, hail to you, Pat S. We got Hyperin X13, Soul Assassin in the chat. ZK Man, what's going on, ZK Man? Hail to you. All right, he says, hello, all. How's everyone doing? I'm doing just fine. Doing just fine. We got Baby Thor on a new schedule today. Um, so it was interesting. Uh, today, by the way, because I have this whole week off. And so you're thinking to yourself, well, then why didn't you make a video? Why didn't you finally make a video for the OMB report? Which, by the way, YouTube has just removed another one of my OMB report videos from the fall. So again, videos that have been up for months. Now, now they're just randomly removing them. Um, but today was really nice. Today I actually got to just relax uh, after I mowed the lawn. Had to mow the lawn. Lawn was insanely like, oh, it was, oh, the lawn. Took me a long time because, of course, it's still early morning, so the dew is still on it. And when you know when the grass is too, too high, and then it's 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 still dewy, right from from it being the morning, the 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 lawnmower gets jammed like every five seconds, and it's just it's the most annoying thing in the world. It's it drove me crazy to the point where I just brought my entire uh, trash can down, so I didn't have to keep going and making all these trips um, because it's kind of on this. Like, you have to take steps down from where my trash can is because, obviously, it's Chattanooga, it's Tennessee, so, therefore, there's, you know, hills and stuff like that. Our backyard is, is flat, though, um, but it still goes up towards the street. Anyway, uh, so I brought it all down, and, of course, I realized, yeah, but that means I'm going to have to bring the full trash can with all of the wet grass in, which is going to be heavy, up the stairs after, and that was a that was a process. But I got it done, so now I'm going to be on a schedule where, like, every, every week, essentially, I have to be mowing the lawn and, um, yeah, if anyone's an expert in lawn care, how to take care of weeds, what's the best product? Because I've had such not good luck with weed control products, and my front yard is almost mostly weeds now and probably needs to have new sod laid down. But I have no idea where to start with that. Um, let me know. Anyway, Alice McCarthy, what's going on? He says, howdy, old, and how's it going? How's Thor? How was Easter? I think I've answered those questions, but howdy, J. Alex McCarthy Jr., as I like to call you. J. Alex McCarthy Jr., I bet you liked Godzilla vs. Kong. <laughs> actually, more to the point, because uh, I know I understand a lot of people have actually really enjoyed the movie, and I can respect their subjective views on it. Um, but Alex McCarthy, the real question is, what did you choose in the poll that I put on for the channel last... I think I put it up last night, or this... I can't remember. I think it was last night. Um, which is what is the best Indiana Jones movie? I bet you pick. I bet you chose Crystal Skull. I bet Alex McCarthy thinks Crystal Skull is the best of the Indiana Jones movies, and that would make him a a sick man. 
<laughs> All right, let's see. Who else in the chat? Uh, Orange Hat Reviews, uh, the comment was there, and then the chat jumped on me. Hope everyone is doing very, very well. Hail, everybody. Let me see if I can find that comment. Luckily, no comments were skipped, which is great. Camden Heist, what's going on? Celebrating a four-month sub streak over there. Uh, we also got Phonemo in the chat over on DLive. What's going on, DLive fam? All right, Orange Hat says, My Easter was blessed, and a friend sent me an Easter chocolate from Germany. Ooh! Ooh, nice. Very, very good. By the way, Evan S., thank you again for sending the chocolate. Just try some of the bunny earlier today. It's good stuff. I'm actually going to let my wife chew on it, though, because she is a bigger fan of the semi-sweet. I like the semi-sweet a lot, um, but I'm like that milk chocolate. Like, I love, like, the really sweet milk chocolatey stuff, but I like semi-sweet, too. But my wife loves semi-sweet, so I'm going to let her have some of that bunny, too. All right, let's see. Hypernex13 says, Happy Easter, my brother. Long time no see. Hope you and the fam are doing well. Thank you, sir. Evan S. at 7 o'clock said, I'm having surf and turf. Ooh, very nice, Evan S. Speaking of Evan S., hail to you. Um, Brian Barr says, do you, think something is, do you think something is wrong with the rating system? Oh, yeah, the rating system's been broken for a very, very long time. Uh, to me, I feel like we should just have it be very simple, which is... Just tell us a breakdown of what's in the movie as far as, like, language and stuff. Or or more so, I think that's... I don't know, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of mixed on the rating system because part of me thinks, well, why don't we just abolish it? But at the same time, I do want to know what's in the movies, right? Especially for the fact that, you know, I teach kids and I have a kid of my own now. And so I kind of want to be able to know what's in these things, right? I want to be able to know what's in these things. And that's one thing the one thing the rating system does is it allows us to know what's in it. But at the same time, it's, again, there are certain subjects that are rated as PG-13, which maybe don't have to be PG-13. And then there's others that are listed as PG that might actually be in some households PG-13 content, right? Because I feel like some of the things are, are, kind, of are kind of subjective, right? I think the rating system itself can actually be, fall more into subjectivity than objectivity. And I think that, you know, it, it's one of those things where, you know, a movie gets hit with an R rating and that deeply affects things like its box office. It deeply affects things like who would be interested in actually seeing the movie itself. And it could be rated R simply because of violence, right? And, and obviously, people are going to have different opinions on that, right? More, I think more people, at least this might be an American thing, I think more people would be willing to have, you know, violent movies that get R ratings because of violence be rated PG-13 than movies that have a lot of cursing. Right, that are that are rated R. I think more people are understanding of the R rating for a lot of cursing and foul language and nudity and sexuality versus violence. Right, because if I'm watching a war movie, for instance, I, I think that a lot of us want to have that war movie be as historically accurate as possible, which might mean it has to be kind of graphic. And some movies get hit with the R rating, and that can sometimes be very de detrimental to people being able to watch it. Right? I think it was Passion of the Christ. You know, got hit with the R rating. Uh, because of the violence in there, and it meant that a lot of people were kind of skeptical about whether or not to bring their kids so much that they actually released a PG-13 version of it, which is just a few minutes shorter, and it's just not as graphic in the uh, scourging scene and in the crucifixion scene. But I think that those moments are so crucial. This is where the subjectivity comes in into the play. I think that seeing those things is so crucial, especially to someone of faith, especially as a younger person growing in the faith, to say, this is the person I believe in. Oh, oh, this is what the crucifixion was like. Oh, now I understand what when I look at the crucifix 
or as a Catholic, when I look at the Eucharist, this is what I am receiving. This is who I'm worshiping, right? And it brings, I just think, a greater sense of realism there. So films like that, it's like, no, I don't see those films needing to be rated R. But again, that might also be a cultural thing, too. Uh, James Dashe, what's going on? Good sir. Thank you for the download donation via Streamlabs. Says, hey, Odin, what are thoughts on the movie Independence Day from 96? Do you consider it a classic? I enjoy it for what it is, but I also think it's a movie of its era. Hope you're doing great. Yes, I would call it a modern classic. That's my definition. A modern classic uh, is 96 Independence Day. That was actually, yeah, it was a movie of its time. It has one of the best speeches ever written. Uh, the speech given by Bill Pullman as President of the United States. This is our Independence Day. Fantastic speech. Still holds up to this day. Uh, some of the effects, not so much. But again, for its time, I think it, it still mostly holds up. It's unfortunate that they had to make a sequel. As far removed from the original as they did. And as bad as it was. Even though they were able to keep a couple of the original people in it. Uh, like Bill Pullman, for instance. It just it couldn't hold up. It couldn't hold up. And so the original, though, from 96, I would call it a modern-day classic. Yeah. And I, I thoroughly enjoy it for what it is. I agree with you there. Uh, Forever Sci-Fi says, You missed so many Boomer moments on Friday Night Tights, but every time Gary boomered something, I still heard you. Well, Forever Sci-Fi, I'm glad that I'm that my old man Gary voice is so enshrined in your memory that even if I'm not there, I'm always there. <laughs> Uh, speak of the devil, Father Christopher hail to you, Father. Glad to have you back in the chat. Uh, Nathan Slay, I hope you heard me uh, criticize you for not singing the Exalted. Uh, Nathan Slay says, Happy Tuesday, Odin, just before I start asking questions to you, is tonight an open forum or not? Um, does it, does it say open forum? Because if it doesn't say open forum, then I would keep those questions away. Uh, so tonight the topics are Easter, James Bond, and movie talk. So try and keep things within that purview. Though, of course, the chat sometimes goes off in different directions, which I'm fine with. But there obviously are some comments where I'm like, that's a little too much for for tonight's show. Uh, Max Anderson, Mr. Anderson, what's going on? Glad to have you here. Robert Frey in the chat, what is going on? Laura, it's a short story. Wait a minute. Why am I seeing that name here? Where is Waiting for Nerdrotic, Laura? Laura, what's going on, though? Glad to have you back in the chat, as always. And I hope you had a blessed Easter Sunday as well, and a blessed Easter season, as we continue on in the Easter season. Alice McCarthy says, Good Friday, I say nay-nay. It's a bad Friday when Odin isn't on FNT. Well, a lot of prayers were said that day, so. <laughs> HyperNext13, speaking of podcast, I think if you were the podcast character... And the two clowns were instead replaced with Tina and Steph. G uh, Godzilla versus Kong would have been, excuse me, would have been an A plus. Okay, Hyperin, I get, I get. At first, I was like, where are you going with this? Okay, so basically, he's saying that in Godzilla versus Kong, the podcast character that a lot of people found annoying. I'm, I'm kind of ambivalent. I'm not actually. Don't, I don't have a strong opinion on that character. There's some things I find entertaining. There's other things that I'm kind of annoyed by. But what he's saying is that if I was the podcast character. And the two clowns, who wouldn't be clowns in this instance, uh, but basically uh, Millie Bobby, Millie Vanilli Brown, as uh, Tina likes to say. But if it was Tina and Steph who were my sidekicks in the film, it would have made it better. I agree. But not because of me, because Tina and Steph would be in there. Because the Valks would be in there. That's the reason why it would be better. That's why it would be an A+. 
<laughs> Dadman Walking 55, hail to you. Glad to have you in the chat. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Robert Frey, I think I shouted you out. But just in case not, hail to you. Uh, Pat S says, dude, not joking, playing or attention seeking. Went and got crawfish yesterday, and besides the sausage, corn, and potatoes, they had pineapple pieces in the boil pot. That's just wrong on so many levels. I don't think I've ever heard of pineapple being in the boil pot for a crawfish boil. By the way, I appreciate that you that you spelled crawfish correctly, but come on, man. Get that Y out of here. Use that W. Come on. All right, Sandy Q, what's going on? All right, we got Father coming up with excuses. Father says, I can't sing. I sang the exultant once 14 years ago at the cathedral in front of the bishop and all my brother's seminarians at a packed church. It was not a good experience. Well, Father, this is the reason why we need to go back to some traditional things, I think. Because... Uh, I hate to keep saying it this way, but before Vatican II, I think it was a requirement for every priest to sing. <laughs> and I think, wasn't that a part of seminary training at one point, too? Was just to know the intonations and to know Gregorian chants and to know these things because it was essential to the Mass. Uh, so that may have helped with that because you would have you learned to sing earlier on. And no one, when you say, I can't sing, when people say, I can't sing, it's not true. You just haven't been trained to sing. So I say, Father, train all year so that way for next year when you're, you're celebrating the Latin Mass, I'm going to get you there, Father. Um, <laughs> then not only will you be singing the Exalted, but then you'll be singing it in the Latin. Now that'll be something to watch. Uh, sort of Poopa says, I watched the Easter service stream. Very sad to hear that. I know that a lot of people were, were kind of stuck where they were. They couldn't actually go. Uh, Pat S. says, N. Saints... Uh, Patrick was chilly when I went. Is that what you're trying to say? St. Patrick? I know you saw. I, I know you said saint. I don't know if you were supposed to say St. Patrick or not. But uh, it is. It was one. I think it was the first church in New Orleans to ever have air conditioning. And I've always appreciated that little factoid because it always explains why it's just a little bit cooler. It's a little bit colder in there. Father says, now if I had a canter, I would have had them sing the exalt. No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. Father, 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 father. No, no, no. It's gotta be it's gotta be someone in orders. Come on, let's be traditional with this, Father. Gotta be someone with orders. You had to have a deacon there. Let the deacon sing it. Alright, let us see. Who else is in the chat? By the way, please smash that like button. Uh, if you don't mind, it really does. Really does help out a lot. Pat S says, did you stop at Bojangles for biscuits on the road? I didn't. I did not. Snorter Poopa says, Cracker Barrels should send me chicken and dumplings once a month as a burr care package. <laughs> Ooh, wouldn't that be something? Uh, orthopedics. What's going on? Glad to see you in the chat. Andrew Hoyle says, I have no idea what a Cracker Barrel is. Andrew Hoyle, if you ever come stateside, you will learn very quickly what a Cracker Barrel is. <laughs> Not Another Dime says, Midnight Orthodox three hours wasn't uncommon growing up. Yeah, Not Another Dime. The Orthodox, I want to say their standard liturgies are typically longer as well. Um, let alone their their Vigil Mass. <laughs> or their Easter Mass. Yeah, uh, the Orthodox, I haven't been to many, but they can put on some beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Masses. Uh, Sajanian says, Hail all! Perhaps if you had the maple bacon chicken at Cracker Barrel, that would change your mind. I quite enjoyed that with fried apples. Nah, no thank you. No fried apples for me. The other stuff sounds good, though. 
And this lady says, so I was able to survive Hereditary after watching it on Friday with a group of friends. In my opinion, the first half is slow, but the second half had me gripping my pillow. I hated it. Hereditary was awful. It was so... Uh, the word I used for that director, that filmmaker, I forget who, who did that film, but he's done other films too. Um, he reminds me a lot of, of David Lynch. Reminds me a lot of him as a director. A lot of style... And just so full of himself. That's <laughs> what I get. Uh, Thursday Warrior says, I absolutely love solemn services where it seems as if heaven and earth touch each other for a few moments. Yes, 13th Warrior. Yes. it's exactly what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Let's see. Pat S. says, I'm only interested biscuits and hash browns at Cracker Barrel and getting 10 cent candy sticks in the gift shop after. Exactly, Pat S. I wouldn't go there for lunch. It's breakfast. Breakfast all day. Come on. Uh, Father Christopher says, also a fun little update. Hans Kung died. For those reading, he was banned from teaching in Catholic universities by the Vatican. Interesting. Well, may God have mercy on his soul. Uh, because if the modern day church is banning you from speaking in universities, means you kind of got to be a pretty, uh, pretty much, <laughs> got to be a pretty material heretic at that point. <laughs> like, let's just, let's just be honest here. Uh, humor and hobbies. Just became a Patreon member. So, Humor and Hobbies, thank you very much for being, says you're a $4 a month member. I appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, let us see here. Dun, 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 dun. Daniel Thorne says, yay, four month subbies. What's going on, Daniel Thorne? Glad to have you back in the chat. Let us see. Laura says, I saw nobody with Bob Odenkirk this weekend. So fun. Christopher Lloyd stole the show. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute. Christopher Lloyd's in the movie? You should have started with that, Laura. You should have started with that. Anyone who's mentioned that movie to me should start with, by the way, Christopher Lloyd's in the movie. I love Christopher Lloyd. Um, yeah, I've, I've heard great things about it. I'm very much looking forward to watching it. The sad thing is, is that I'm off this week. The earliest movie is like 2 p.m. because they don't have morning shows anymore because of because of the Rona, uh, which, which of course, has me very, very frustrated. But I do want to see that in theaters. I just don't know when I'm going to be able to. Having, having the almost, almost six-month-year-old. He's almost six months, a week, a week away from being six months. It's insane. He's growing so quickly, baby Thor. But I've heard great things about it. I want to see it. Not another dime says Goldfinger is awesome. I would definitely agree with that. Tippy Tail McKitty, what's going on? Slice of Neon says I have officially passed 300 hours and am now a champion of Asgard. If the lasses in the chat wish to address me, Stud Muffin of Asgard, that works too. Hashtag dream on. Hashtag never gonna happen. Well, yes, uh, Sasha Neons, I know that you've been pushing me to to add some more categories for people that have been watching for as long as you. Um, I haven't gotten there yet. As you all know, I, I fall behind on a lot of things. But Slicer, thank you for being here as always, man. Roger H., I just see that now you gave a super sticker of the thumbs up, so I appreciate that. Dark Shadow Logan, welcome to the chat. Glad to have you here. Rusty Shackelford, what's going on? Uh, Andrew Hoyle says, Peter, Peter Sellers was the best James Bond. Peter Sellers was James Bond? Hmm? 
Again, I don't, I don't know if I've gotten that far yet. Forever Sci-Fi, I don't know the history of it either. Forever Sci-Fi, GoldenEye had Sean Bean die, so it's legit. I agree. I agree. GoldenEye, for sure, is fantastic. No doubt about it. All right, Daniel Thorne says, Odin in Snyder Cut, how did you feel when the Justice League delivered Steppenwolf to Darkseid's loving embrace? <laughs> um, I was glad I didn't have to listen to his silly voice anymore. I know some people have been, like, saying, oh, the voice was so cool, and I'm not dissing the voice actor or anything like that, but, like, did anyone else, when they were watching the Snyder Cut, get the impression that, that, that he just wasn't a very bright person? Steppenwolf? Like... Like, the voice itself made it sound like he couldn't speak English. I don't know. It's just something I got from it. It sounded like he was speaking. As, it's almost as if they, they decided to take a... I'm trying to think of the word for it. A caveman. Like, you know how there's, like, caveman English? Where it's, like, very broken. And me like this. Me like this. That's what it felt like. I don't know. I, I felt that even more so in the Sounder Cut version. Uh, Michael Skewiff, thank you very much for the 10, I'm going to say, euro? I still can't tell the difference between the signs. So it's a super chat, though. I appreciate it still. It says, did you see Coming to America 2? And if so, what did you think? How did you compare it with the 1988 original movie? I have seen neither the original nor the sequel. So I cannot speak to the sequel or the original. And I understand that that is heresy to a lot of people as well. Uh, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> uh, anyway Pat S says if a few kids fail religion you can teach summer school and show religious movies see Pat S I, if I had to teach summer school I wouldn't I wouldn't do that I'd, I'd want to actually you know teach them because here's the thing if you fail my class it means that there are there's a lot of issues going on like that that's all I'll say about it because the way I have my grading set up is that if you do the in-class work, which is take notes, do journals, if you do that, even if you struggle on the test and quizzes, it's still very hard to actually fail. It's still very hard because of the way that I have my, my class structured. That being said, there are people who, when I do check your notes, because I don't check them every day, right? I usually finish a section and then check the notes. People don't bring them in. People lose them. People miss a lot of days and then never make them make it make it up. And so, when they have when you have that going on and you're not doing well on the tests and quizzes and you're turning in stuff late, well, then at that point, then yeah, it absolutely becomes possible to fail my class. Um, we'll see. But typically, there's other typically if you're failing my class, you're failing a lot of other classes. It's typically the way it goes. And also, I usually find there's an interesting connection between my class and history. Normally, if you're failing my class, you're also failing your history class. And it's just because there's I have a very historical mindset in general. And so I think that carries over into my class and, and my teaching style as well. Roger H says, hey, that didn't take 20 minutes. Well, when you get early, uh, it doesn't take very long. Yeah, when you super chat and donate and stuff like that, those take very th – th those – those are instant because those you kind of jump the line. If it's in the general chat, though, uh, I usually fall 20 minutes behind, uh, as as I think this stream is is making very clear because I'm about 20 minutes behind. <laughs> anyway, Keck 44, what's going on? Uh, Alice McCarthy says, Westworld Season 3 was meh. Yeah, that's what I've heard here, here that I haven't really missed anything. 
Father says, Westworld? I know the answer is no, but have you seen Westworld the movie? And again, I know the answer is no, but how about the TV show from 1980 beyond Westworld? Well, I'll have you know, Father Christopher Miller, I have seen half of the Westworld movie. I was on a plane. And there were, I forgot what service it was, but they had like the TV service where you could get like free movies and stuff. And I watched half of Westworld, never had a chance to actually finish it. And it wasn't as good as the show season one, wasn't as good as season one of the HBO series. So I never had the desire to really go back and rewatch it and and actually watch the entire thing through. I have definitely not seen the TV show though, Uh, but I have seen half the movie. So father, I'll have you know that you're wrong. Uh, Slicer Neons, what's going on? Um, I already shouted you out. Griffin Turbo, I was looking at the other name. Travis Adams, what's going on, Travis Adams? Um, Nathan Slay says, after I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for the first time, that was pretty good. My thoughts after thinking about the movie for a while, you know the movie might actually be great. I agree. The more you watch Tarantino, typically, the better it gets. David Stout, what's going on? Glad to have you in the chat. Pat S. says, the new Batman trailer for Long Halloween dropped today. The guy from Supernatural is doing bats. Ooh, interesting. Haven't seen it. Hi, everyone. Hey, brother. A lot to catch up on, but I finally got to see Cobra. Uh, was it Cobra Kai, I think? Season 1 to 3, and it was amazing. Then rewatched the trilogy. Can't believe a modern TV show continuation is doing better um, than Fake Wars. Yeah, I agree. Who would have thought that... That the Karate Kid universe would be in a better state than the Star Wars universe. Think that through. Because in the Star Wars universe, you've got the originals, which are fantastic. You have the prequels, which, let's just be honest, they're not the best movies. Special place in our hearts, but they're, objectively speaking, not the best movies as far as uh, the effects that don't hold up as well. And the dialogue. Dialogue is not very good in those. And then, of course, you have the sequel trilogy, which is trash. Then you go over to Karate Kid. Karate Kid 1, fantastic, solid, classic. Karate Kid 2, pretty good. Solid sequel. Karate Kid 3 kind of falls into where those other, you know, kind of falls into like the, where the prequels are in Star Wars, where it's like, I mean, it's got one of the most corny villains of all time, but hey, you watch it because it's just, you know, why not? Yeah, there's a love interest that's there and then just disappears randomly, but hey, it's okay. It's fine. It is, it is what it is. And then, of course, you get the next Karate Kid, which I'm actually a big fan of. I actually like the next Karate Kid. Uh, one of my favorite scenes in that is when the monks are dancing to, um, what is it, Enya? Are they dancing to Enya, I think? Um, <laughs> but anyway. Uh, and now, of course, you have Cobra Kai, which every season of Cobra Kai so far has been absolutely solid and fantastic. So, yeah, isn't it kind of crazy that the Karate Kid universe is essentially in a better state currently than Star Wars? It's interesting. Let us see. Laura says, did you see Odyssey trolling YouTube on Twitter? I did not see that, but I did hear uh, and I got a notification that Odyssey is rolling out live streaming. So it's not live yet for my channel. I think they started out with 500, and then they'll roll out to more. I didn't even see a section on Odyssey, though, for live streaming. So I don't even know who can live stream or where to actually watch it. Um, but yeah, Odyssey finally getting into the live streaming game, and I cannot wait to start doing live streams over there. I hope that they can work with Restream so that I can uh, simulcast, because I love being able to simulcast. I love being on DLive right now. I love 
Um, you know, obviously being on Periscope for people just to know that I am streaming on Twitter, which I am back to. Um, however, oh, by the way, you will thank me this. If you are a user of Twitter and I don't recommend it, go to my Twitter account, which is at Odin's movie blog. I can't change that sadly. Um, or just OMB reviews. It should still pop up and look to my pinned tweet. If you go to that article and follow the instructions, it tells you how to hide the what's happening section. Now, for those that don't for those that use Twitter, that's the section that's always on the side that says what's trending and is what typically causes a lot of my frustrations and keeps it basically it's the it's the thing that Twitter uses, right? The algorithm, part of the algorithm that Twitter uses to keep you addicted to the service is that what's happening tab. So this pinned article, this pinned tweet that I have, it shows you how that how you can hide that section. So I'm looking at Twitter right now, and guess what? Can't see it. All I see are just notifications of people who are commenting on tweets and stuff, and that's it. Who to follow, topics to follow, that's it. I'm not getting nothing as far as what the news is, what Twitter is trying to make trend, what political nonsense is going on. It is fantastic. You will thank me. It has already been hugely beneficial to my mental health. Um, not only not only just that, but just being off Twitter. By the way, recommend being off Twitter uh, for a bit. It was great not having it for... Uh, other than the, the best thing about Twitter is being able to be in contact with people, with subscribers, with, of course, the FNT crew, because that's where our, our group chats are. But I will say that uh, it was not as hard to stay away from as I thought it was going to be. This just makes it easier to use because now I can use it for the reason I was using it in the first place, which was communication. And I don't have to worry about being pushed over the edge with, with the nonsense. Uh, Michael Skewiff, thank you for another five pound. Okay, thank you for letting me know what it was. For a five pound sasa super chat says, it is pounds. I am British and live in London. The pound sign looks like this, and the euro sign looks like this. And again, to your eye, I guarantee you, they look... I I can see that there is a difference, but they both look like an E. And again, it's because of just the fact that the, the text is small enough on my screen with the way it's set up, they both look like an E. I can see there's a difference, but it's just, again... Thank you for the five pounds, though, and thank you for explaining it. It's been explained to me several times at this point, and I forget it every single time. So uh, thank you, Michael Skewiff, though. I appreciate it, man. Uh, James, another dollar donation via Streamlabs, says, Out of all the Bond films you have seen, which Bond would you say is the worst? I think the worst Bond movie is Quantum of Solace. Yeah, if we're talking about every single James Bond movie, including all the new stuff, Quantum of Solace is by far the worst. It is by far the worst. Out of them all. Um, out of the classics, though, so I'll, I'll give my little reviews of the Bond films now since, since you have me talking about it. By the way, Inferior, thanks for becoming a member at the Citizen of Asgardian level. I appreciate that. Um, so, Doctor No, 1962, was solid. And, and <laughs> when I said mini-review, I literally mean it's going to be a mini-review. I give the first three Bond films all B-pluses. Dr. No from Russia with Love, Goldfinger. They're all solid, excuse me, they're all solid for different reasons, and they're all a lot of fun. Um, They're all cheesy in their own way as well. Uh, It is hilarious to see 
you know, the womanizing and all that kind of stuff that gets, you know, everyone triggered today. And I, you know, my wife you know, rolls her eyes every now and then when James Bond says or does something, you know, obviously. And so all three of those movies, though, are, are solid. Um, if I had to pick one out of those, probably Goldfinger, just because I like how the villain is just like this, this plump dude. Like, I thought that it would be, <laughs> I don't know, because obviously all I can think of is Goldmember from Austin Powers, but... I just, the fact that he's just like this plumpy dude, it's like, oh, okay. I was just waiting for him to go, I love gold. But I guess I had to have to pick Goldfinger because it's the newer of the films and they had developed basically everything they were going to do. Also, it's the first movie of the James Bonds to actually feature the intro with the intro song proper to the movie. From From Russia with Love, I believe, has a theme song, but it's at the end of the movie. Goldfinger is the first where it's like actually there's the intro, the proper intro with the actual intro song Goldfinger. Um, and then of course I think I think from that point on I'm assuming because they did it in Thunderball, so I'm assuming that it's going to be the same for all the other ones that that'll that'll be consistent. But let's talk about Thunderball. Wasn't a fan. I wasn't a fan of Thunderball, and I I don't know I don't know what it is about Thunderball. I think the ending for one is just very abrupt. He, he, you know, he gets pulled out of the, of the raft by the plane and that's it. And the other guy that was in the, the water, the guy that, you know, was bad that turned good, you know, whatever, whatever happens to him felt very abrupt. And there were other moments in the movie too, that felt very abrupt. And I just, just wasn't a big fan of it. Also, uh, the, the sequences showing like the island's version of Mardi Gras also were just like very annoying <laughs> because because the, with the whistle, it was just the event itself. I was like, I could never go to that event on this island with the whistles and everything. Like I would go insane. I'd be like, stop. Um, there were some things I liked about it, right? I love the sharks, obviously. I thought that was great. Also, the underwater sequences were interesting. They had underwater scuba fights. I never thought I would see an underwater scuba fight before. You know, nowadays when we hear about water underwater fights, we get Aquaman, which you all know I have issues with. But here we have very practical effects, people in scuba suits fighting each other. And some of the effects are, are, are very good, some of them not so much. But I will say this. Stunt team on Thunderball, especially all the people that did the underwater stuff, kudos to you. Because Lord knows those sequences were very difficult to film. But, for instance, in the sequences, especially towards the end of the fight scene, someone decided to shoot B-roll. Either they were instructed to to shoot the B-roll or they just randomly did it. Where it'll cut to a crab. Like, there was one scene where they, they cut to the crab in the middle of the fight, and the crab's just walking around in the middle of the fight, and it's a real crab, and it's just, like, it's just chilling there. So I'm like, is this just, like, them filming underwater, and they're like, oh, look, this crab is here. Let's, let's get the crab. Or did they actually plan on shooting the crab in the first place? And then another point, they're showing other sea creatures, too. There's one part where they show an octopus on, on someone's body. It's like... Were they, were they planning on these shots? Or were these, again, these random B-roll shots? Hard to say. Also, I'm pretty sure that they actually shot real sharks. Like, they, they show real sharks in the movie, and at one point, like, they're shooting at them, 
And I want to say that they actually do show a shark getting hit. And so, of course, my wife loves sharks. Sharks are her favorite animal. And so my wife, every time, was like, oh, no, the poor shark. And here I am, who, who've still been impacted by Jaws. You know, someone who's still terrified of open water because of Jaws. Like, but they're evil. But my wife's like, but no, the shark. So, out of all of those films that I've seen, Thunderball was my least favorite. I'd give that one probably a B-. minus. Um, which still, again, it's in the B range. But the first three films, I think, are all solid for different reasons. Uh, I'd give B-pluses to them. Uh, Thunderball, though, probably my least favorite so far. I'd give that one a B-. minus. We are about halfway through You Only Live Twice. And so far, I have been enjoying it. Anyway. Those are my thoughts on the early Bond films that I've been seeing, seeing, been seeing lately. Uh, Super Anime Gamer says, "Hey, what is up, my dude? What's going on, Super?" At seven fourteen, at seven forty-eight in real life, which means I'm falling, I'm falling a bit behind. Pat S says, "Chattanooga, you can cross the street and be in a different state, pretty much. We are the furthest western city to be in Eastern time." Yeah. You, you go 10 minutes outside of the city, you're in central time. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Uh, Father Casamilla says, Lawn tips. Take two gallons of gas and spread it around the weeds. Um, Is that... I un- doesn't... I think, yeah, because gas kills everything, right? Doesn't it, doesn't it kill the grass and kill everything? But also, why would I waste money getting gas that is costing almost $3 a gallon where I am? I know it's over $3 a gallon in, in certain parts of the country right now. Um, why would I waste money on gas? Or are you just pulling my chain? Are you just pulling my chain? Let me know. Alice McCarthy said that Kong, uh, that Godzilla vs. Kong was meh and gave it a B-. That's surprising. When Alice McCarthy says it's a B-, you know that it's it's got some issues. All right. Uh, Chat has jumped at me like it always does. It looks like some comments have been skipped. It's 7.29 in the chat. It was like 7.14 before the chat jumped, so maybe about 10 minutes of comments have been skipped. If you've been here the whole time and you know for a fact that your comment was before 7.29 and it hasn't been read and you did everything correctly, then you may need to uh, post it again. Don't double post, though. If you've you've left at any point since the stream started, um, assume that it's been read. Daniel Thorne says, how long till the OMB report comes back? I'm going to try and get an episode out this week because I'm off the whole week. So I, I should be doing one this week. I am thinking and rethinking, though, how to do the channel, though. Because, uh, not, not because I'm afraid. You know, I'm not afraid of YouTube. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I say screw YouTube all the time. But I'm kind of rethinking about the direction of the channel. Uh, possibly being focused more so on, on faith issues, to be honest. But we'll see. We'll see. Daniel Thorne says, Peter Sellers is in the 1967 Casino Royale. Ah, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Kamine Heist says, George Lazenby in on Her Majesty's on Her Majesty's Secret Service was actually good in my opinion. Yeah, I've heard mixed things about it, right? He, that's the only Bond film he ever did because obviously that was like the transition time away from who had been Bond for so long, Sean Connery, um, which was, it's just so funny to hear the history of that because he made his own Bond movie. 
that's not in the canon. But then the the year like, but then he came back after and did it. I was again the fact that he made his own Bond, but then also like took a year off, but then came back to do Bond one more time. Is I just think it's hysterical. But yeah. Daniel Thorne says, The Bob Odenkirk movie Nobody was great. Godzilla vs. Kong was pretty good. I love the visuals and fights, but the story and plot were lacking. Yeah, see, that's my issue is that good story is essential for a movie to be good. If a movie does not have a good story, it cannot be an objectively good movie. Um, which is why if subjectively you enjoy the film, hey, more power to you. Right? That's the whole point of subjective opinion. But there are some people who are trying to argue, I think, that it's an objectively good movie and... I'm sorry. There's just there's just no there's just no argument to be had there when you pay attention and and break down the story. It, it just really does lack a lot of different ways, and I don't think the fights are all that good either. I thought they were cooler fight sequences in King of the Monsters, and I wasn't a fan of that movie either. So, anyway, but yeah, I've heard great things about Nobody. I'm very excited to hear that. Or rather, I'm very excited to see that. I just don't know when I'll be able to. So hopefully, hopefully soon, we'll see. All right, back to the YouTube chat. Dean J says, you have to see Nobody. Trailer does a phenomenal job of selling it. I haven't even seen the trailer yet, and I might not even want to watch it. Um, I just, I love Bob Odenkirk. And someone said Christopher Lloyd's in it. So I'm sold already. Uh, let's see. Billadamp73, are there any movie critics out there you trust to not be wokes or shills? Roger Ebert was the last one I trusted. As far as literary critics, I, I don't really follow them as much anymore. Because I used to know more about them when I was actually using Rotten Tomatoes. But I don't really use Rotten Tomatoes anymore because the site's broken and they hate fans. And, you know, they're, they're, they're shills. Rotten Tomatoes literally is a shill website. So there probably are some good critics on there. I, I couldn't tell you their names, though. As far as YouTube critics are concerned, I always will say that one of the best every guy, every day, like every, every, every man, dude, guy thing... That was a weird way of saying it. But basically, like, the best of the just, hey, I'm just a dude talking to a camera movie reviewers is Jeremy Johns. I love Jeremy Johns. Jeremy Johns is very much trusted. He is a guy that will will not just shill for a movie. If he has a problem with a movie, he will talk about it. Uh, for instance, he he actually was, was vocal with Star Wars, um, which, again, was very rare, especially with as big of an audience as he had. Um, he has shown a lot of interest and, and support of Geeks and Gamers and the Phantom Menace in, in previous, there were previous streams where he would like, he randomly jumped in and like dropped super chats and stuff. I remember when this was going on months and months ago. Um, but anyway, so the fact that he was doing that just made me respect him even more. So Jeremy Johns for sure. My boy, John Flickinger, uh, who I do a podcast with on Patreon, on his Patreon and my Patreon, we do a podcast. Um, we try and keep it bi-weekly, but schedules are what they are um but anyway john flickinger he doesn't do as many videos nowadays because he, he's been doing mostly live streams uh so he's cut down on doing dedicated videos but he does like a live stream like once or twice a week where he talks about pretty much everything movie related so he'll get his reviews out then but anyway i trust him on that because he's also someone that's just willing to to be honest with it and i know that not everyone's a fan of his as far as his movie reviews are concerned because he definitely can come across as a shill and I'm not saying that he hasn't shilled for movies in the past, but I still like Chris Stuckman. I think that Stuckman, um, especially his older reviews, I, I still think hold up because if you're looking for a more professional 
Um, if you're looking for a more analytical approach to movies, Stuckman is the person to go to. And I would say he's the most trusted out of the, the more technical reviewers out there. Um, obviously, if you want to go super technical, can't go wrong with Mahler, right? But then you're watching three hours of video for an hour and a half movie. Um, <laughs> or, or vice versa. Um, but, yeah, that would be what I have to say about that. So hopefully that helps you. All right. Uh, Hybrid X13 says, Why the heck is Saul Goodman killing people? And Dr. Brown traveled back to team up with him. Great Scott. Sounds fantastic. Father Christopher says, Peter Sellers was James Vaughn along with Woody Allen in 1967's Casino Royale. Also had David Niven, Orson Welles, and Ursula Anderson. I didn't realize that they were multiple James Bonds in that movie. I know it's a, it's a comedy, but... Uh, Sword of Poopus says... Uh, they made a pretty bad version of Casino Royale in the early 60s. I think there was a joke, though, because Woody Allen's in it. So I, I assume that that wasn't that they tried to make it bad. It was just trying to be funny. <laughs> That's what I see. Pat S. says, did you see the sacrilegious movie that came out Friday? I think the guy from The Walking Dead stared. I don't know about the stare. I don't know what that was supposed to say at the end there. But I think it's called Unholy. And... um. Yes, someone from The Walking Dead is in it. He was also in uh, Supernatural. He played the dad in Supernatural. Um, Yeah, I I saw... My wife and I got a random trailer for it. But it was weird because we were, like, watching YouTube or something. And we got a trailer for it, but it was a Spanish trailer. We got a trailer in Spanish. But the movie was in English. So, like, all the promotional materials were in Spanish, but the the actual text from the movie... Like, the actual sound from the movie was in English. And so that was my introduction... And, uh, no, I have not seen it, but it looks awful. Yeah. So, no, I have not seen it. Hybrid X13, Legolas. He is the Linkathon. He is Lynchathon, son of the pretentious. You owe him your allegiance, Boromir. This is David Lynch's heir, pretty much, Hyperin. Yes. That is fantastic and correct. Um, Robert Moobly. What's going on? Orange Hat Reviews says, you... Have not seen coming to America. Error 404 neural link crashing. <laughs> I always love when I make comments that just cause people to crash. They're like, no. <laughs> Dean J says, can we see the doggos? How are they? The doggos doing fine. They're up with mama. They're up with mama Freya right now. Um, but they'll definitely be back soon. Definitely be back soon. The issue is is that uh, why they haven't been on more recently is because River, for some reason, has been having issues not going to the bathroom, um, specifically number two. And I've done it on stream before, and I don't want to ever do it again. But obviously there is a chance for her to do, you know, to go number two in the room on stream and I don't want to deal with it. So. Let's see. Gab Amazing tagged and says, What do you think about the massive box off success of Godzilla vs. Kong and that it'll be the first blockbuster to break even and hit $100 million domestically? Uh, well, Gab Amazing, I don't know if you've been following me or not on Twitter, um, it is still not quite sure if it'll break even. There's a good chance it will. It had a very strong opening weekend here domestically. It had a very strong weekend, opening weekend, also in a lot of the Asian markets where it's been out for a little while too. 
Um, we'll have to wait. I'm I'm paying attention more to what the next weekend's numbers are going to look like. If we see a massive drop off, and we might again, it's kind of hard to predict these things sometimes. But if we see a massive drop off, there's still a very good chance that it won't break even because uh, it's still about a hundred million dollars in the hole. Because uh, remember, you don't just take raw numbers in versus raw numbers spent. Remember that they only get about 60% of the box office. They only get about 60% of the box office. Also, when you're dealing with the foreign countries, they usually get um, not as much as they do in American audiences. Um, also, we don't know how much they've made off of HBO Max. We, 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 just, we just don't know that. Like some people are trying to say, well, if you add all these things together, it's going to break even. Well, again, we don't really know that yet. There's a very good chance it's made a, a crap ton of money compared to a lot of the other films that have been released during the during the COVID times. And I will say that I'm actually pretty impressed by that, by the fact that the first, like the last movie that came out, King of the Monsters, was really not that much of a financial success. Like, it didn't make a whole lot of profit, if any. Um, so, it'll be interesting. So, you're making a lot of assumptions there, Gab Amazing. So, we don't know if it's going to break even yet. There's a good chance that it might. Um, it, again, hitting $100 million domestically, uh, I wasn't even aware that it was even close to doing that because I know it did well opening weekend, but let's see. Um, trying to think about, because it's been so long since I've done the box office breakdowns, um, box office mojo. I hate using box office mojo, but it is what it is. Box office mojo.com. It changed its whole thing and it was just not very good. But anyway, all right. So domestically it's made 48 million. So it, it's it's only made forty eight million so far, which again, opening weekend thirty two million dollars, pretty good start. Forty eight million right now, again pretty good. So there's no guarantee it'll cross a hundred million, though it's very likely. Again, if it's already halfway there, there's a good chance that just over time it'll get there. But as I said, if there's a massive drop off in week two, then that changes everything, right? A lot of people thought that. Uh, a lot of people thought that. Wonder Woman 1984 was going to make a lot of money. And then it underperformed first weekend. So obviously this is different already because this is overperforming, right? But Wonder Woman 94 not only underperformed, it then also had a massive drop-off in various countries. So Godzilla vs. Kong, strong start, but can it keep that momentum going? If next weekend there is not a massive drop, if by next weekend it crosses like $350 million internationally, which is possible, if it if it's gonna make its money back, it's gotta get it's gotta hit $350. Because that that's the sign that okay, this movie's gonna make close to $400 million by the end of it, if it gets that point. But if it barely crosses $300 million by next weekend, like if it drops that much from week to week, then it might be a different story. So I don't like it's very bold for you to say that after week one. A lot of people make bold statements after one week of a release. I'm not that person. I tend to wait. Week two is always the telltale sign for me. All of my predictions are always based off of the first two weeks' performance. We don't have that yet. And that's the first two weeks after domestic release. So, And that gets very, very tricky when we talk about movies getting released in different countries at different times. So... Uh, see, Father Christopher Miller says, if you watch only half of The Godfather, could you say you saw The Godfather? Um, Father, are you trying to equate The Godfather to the movie Westworld? I mean, Father. 
Come on. Come on now. Uh, Sword of Poopa says, I wish I had seen only half of The Godfather 3, but I like the first two. <laughs> uh, and yeah, Soul Assassin, it's because I don't like sand. Yes, that's true. Uh, Thursday the Warrior says, Rumble is now live streaming, but no chat yet. I've never been a fan of Rumble. Never been a fan of Rumble. Um, their, their, their process for monetization makes no sense. It just doesn't work. Pat S says, and then you have Rogue One, the fourth best Star Wars movie. Now we need Rogue Two, the Manning Bothan story. You see, yeah, I, I don't hold Rogue One in, in high regard. I don't have as high of an opinion on Rogue One as some other people do. Uh, Planet Must Vlog, what is going on? Glad to have you here. Gmonkey76 tag says, I have a movie vlog in Nigo Montoya. You keep using that word. I don't think you know what that means. Well, that's why I'm OMB Reviews now. I review things. Uh, Brian Barth says, Can you review all David Lynch movies since he is your favorite director? Heck no, Brian Barth. And I don't appreciate your sass. I don't appreciate your sass. Inverter says, Don't recall canceling my membership. Bizarre. I, I don't know. YouTube does crazy, crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. I mean, they already unsubscribe people, so it wouldn't really surprise me all that much for them to <laughs> have people be un, un uh, you know, unmembered, as it were. ZK Man says, don't know how many followers you are live streaming on Odyssey. I haven't tried it yet, but when you do get access, the go live button will be under the upload section. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really know where to look at it, but I didn't see there. I didn't see... Like, when you go to the website, on the left-hand side where it has its sections, I don't understand why there's not a live tab yet. There should be a live tab. Like, that that's like basic 101 stuff. And I don't understand why that's the case. Well, I'll go ahead and try and uh, sign in. ZK Man says, I got lucky to be one out of the first 500 to get the button. Ooh, ZK Man. Good job. Yeah, it may have been more than 500 since last time I checked, but that was the original number uh was like they they released it to 500 and then they were going to release it to more people if if everything held up but the fact that there's not even a live streaming section yet has me concerned it's like there should be a live section i don't know it seems to be pretty straightforward let me see i'll go ahead and uh, pull it up and see you said it's under the uploads section so do you have to like press upload we'll see all right. Uh, Snortapoopa says, if my last name was Coppola, maybe I could have got a part as a polar bear rug in Godfather Part 3. And if you were, it would have been the best movie ever. <laughs> Soul Assassin, what's your favorite Austin Powers movie? The first and the second, I think, are the best. But the third has some funny moments, too. Um... <laughs> Specifically, as someone says, I love gold. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, in fear tour. The taste of it. The feel of it. Yes, yeah, so there, I press the upload button. It says upload new channel, sync YouTube channel. And then I click on this. And okay. So it doesn't look like I have that button yet based on that. Now, if I go to Uploads, yeah, so it doesn't look like I have that yet, based on what I'm seeing. 
But congratulations that you got the button, ZK man. Uh, Father says, just tweeted you H. John Benjamin's Archer doing a review of the Bond movies. I'll try and watch that when I can. Uh, but I've been doing a lot of reading. Uh, so I mentioned that earlier. So just to give a quick review of the film, of the movies, not movies, of the books I've been reading. Uh, if anyone knows, anyone who's Catholic probably knows this guy, uh, Father Ripperger. Uh, solid, solid priest. He's an exorcist, which is what he's mostly known for. He's mostly known, known for his talks on spiritual war, spiritual warfare, and exorcism. Creepy stuff when you listen to it. Um, but anyway, he did a book called The Binding Force of Tradition. It's very, very small, so it did not take me very long to finish it. It's solid, though. It talks all about how tradition itself is binding and how the church cannot just deviate from it. Uh, so he's got a lot of... He doesn't specifically mention Vatican II by name, but you can tell he's he's throwing a lot of shade, saying there's a lot of things that came in those documents that have also... Changes that have occurred since Vatican II that really, you know, the whole... We hear in the church, you know, it was really something that Pope Benedict XVI tried to push this, you know, hermeneutic of continuity. But if you actually pay attention to the documents and you pay attention to more so what the church did in reaction to the documents, there is a lot of break from the tradition of the church, which he lays out a very good argument is a dangerous thing and something that we should challenge and not accept. Um, And then I also have been, I've read like probably like a hundred pages of this book today and it's introduction to the Holy Bible for traditional Catholics uh, by Timothy S. Flanders. This thing is brilliant. It's a great history of scripture. It breaks down uh, how, Scripture itself, remember, there was a huge oral tradition before Scripture was ever written down. So whenever you talk to people who say it's Scripture alone, only Scripture has authority, you have to ask them, okay, so what authority did St. Paul have? There there was no New Testament back then, right? And also the the Old Testament that St. Paul would ever reference, when he would reference the Scriptures, guess what Old Testament he was referencing? The Septuagint which has the deuterocanonical books that have not been accepted by a lot of Protestants. So it's like, you got to ask these questions. I'm like, man, there's a lot of really good stuff being brought up here. But anyway, uh, great books. I, I highly, highly recommend them. Uh, Brightburn, 1985. Thank you for the $5 SSU, chat. He says, my favorite Bond films are The Living Daylights, License to Kill, GoldenEye, Casino Royale, and Skyfall. What's your favorite Roger Moore Bond movie? I haven't gotten Brightburn, 1985. I don't know if you've been listening the whole time. I have not gotten to the Roger Moore Bond films yet. So I, as I said, I've only ever seen up until this past week or two, the earliest Bond film I had ever seen was Goldeneye. I had not seen any of the Sean Connery Bonds. And so now about four or five Bond movies in, thoroughly enjoying it. I've been watching it with the wife. So once we get to the Roger Moore Bond films, I'll be able to give you an answer on that. Um, But until that time happens, um... I will say, out of the list of movies you mentioned, Goldeneye, absolutely classic. Casino Royale, also solid. Uh, probably the best of the Daniel Craig movies. And then I also like Skyfall. But I think I think uh, Casino Royale is the best of the Daniel Craig uh, movies. Uh, Devin Wong 55 says, Never thought I would hear a gold member reference here. Get in my belly. Yeah. Midnight's Edge After Dark. What's going on, Tom? Thank you for the $5 SSSUBA chat. Says, believe it or not, watch Ten Commandments for the first time from 56. Epic and amazing. Looks glorious in 4K too. 
Can't recommend the 4K release enough. Mr. Roy, who's a member and uh, a part of the Chosen of Valhalla on the channel, he uh, posted the 4K of Ten Commandments that he got. He says it's the best 4K transfer he's ever seen. And he's kind of, he's a Blu-ray collector, 4K collector like I am. He's a physical media buff. So for him to say that, it's pretty huge. So also coming from Tom from Midnight's Edge, um, apparently if you are, are looking to get the Ten Commandments, get it on 4K. Apparently it's a fantastic release, fantastic transfer, which doesn't surprise me all that much because older films just have great, typically. Uh, there are a few exceptions, notably Terminator 2, um, which is the oddest thing. But typically, older films on film have fantastic transfers. Blu-ray, now, of course, 4K transfers. So because of that, and of course, before from Mr. Roy, I've, I've thought about it, though I will say, it's been a long time since I've seen, it's been years since I've seen The Ten Commandments from 56. And my first viewing of it, I, I kind of got bored by it, to be honest. It was a little on the long side. I tend not to do well with longer films. But typically, that depends on the mindset and the mood that I'm in. Um, for instance, I was not a big fan of the good and the bad, the ugly, because I fell asleep, but that very well could be because I was tired, but it's always hard to tell. When I start a movie, I typically don't feel the sense of tired right away. It's one of those things that it comes a little later on as it were, but anyway, Tom, thank you very much. And so it sounds like, uh, 10 commandments on 4k is a good transfer. Good to hear long live physical media. I will always promote physical media here. Let's see. Hardwick says, what are your thoughts on the latest trailer for your adopted son's new show? It gives me Matt Smith era Doctor Who vibes. I've not seen the newest trailer, but based on what we've seen so far from WandaVision and the directions that they seem to be going in with uh, Winter Soldier, Falcon and Winter Soldier, I don't have high hopes. I'm just going to be honest there. Let's see. Snorter Poopus. Also, Rosie G12. Hail Rosie G- Rosie. I've got like 15 minutes or so left of Notorious. I restarted it, and I like it. My opinion of it has changed. However, the reason why I was reminded why I didn't like it initially, it's because the romance between the two main characters, uh, Cary Grant and uh, uh, the woman's name is escaping me right now. She's in Casablanca, well-known actress. But anyway, the romance between them happened way too quickly. Like, they admitted that they had only known each other for, for days. And they were like, we're in love. Or love, 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 love. And I'm like, I don't like that. I don't like when stories do that, when they rush the love narrative a little too... Like, again, it bothers me. It's kind of like, I guess, a pet peeve, you could call it. Um, and I felt like the movie kind of rushed that. But once that part's over, and you get into the meat of what the movie is, it's, it, it got really good. It got really good, and now... There's this whole dynamic going on with the guy and his mom and a sickness. And you know, the if you know the movie, you know what I'm talking about. That stuff. The filming. The filming of, of the woman being sick. Brilliant stuff. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Um, but anyway, I just want to let you know that I'm almost done with Notorious. Might try and do a review on that tomorrow. Let's see. Snorta Poopa says, I love the way people made fun of the Goldfinger score, calling it Moonfinger, because the opening notes sounded like Moon River. It does sound a little bit like Moon River. <laughs> That's great. Goldfinger. He loves gold. 
Hamilton Burger, well, Thunderball isn't a fan of yours either. Well, I'm Hamilton Burger. I'm sorry if I offended you. Uh, B says, did you see the Godzilla vs. Kong box office? It made a lot. Uh, well, it hasn't made profit yet, but it looks like it's on the way to. We'll know better after weekend two. It's very likely, though. Uh, Snorpoopa says, did the crab get paid scale or a mention in the credits? I don't think it did. I don't think it did, which is sad. Very, very sad. Uh, <laughs> but hail Rosie G12. Glad to have you back. Kingslayer, welcome back to the chat. The cheese factor is here as well. Pat S says, then the crab broke out into Andandasi. Now, see, that would have made that scene great. Right? They have the underwater fighting scene. They do this random shot of the crab. And then all of a sudden, the crab just went Andandasi, Andandasi. That would have been fantastic. <laughs> uh, oh, fam. Let's see. Daniel Thorne says, nobody has a mid credit scene. You're going to love the movie. Great action, great story. It's all around great. Fantastic. Uh, Daniel Thorne then says, The Unholy was trash. No horror-loving goodness there. Okay, good to know. Phonemo, I'm very happy that Godzilla vs. Kong outdid Mulan in the Chinese box office. It's both a good and a bad thing. It's good that it outperformed Mulan. However, is it good that China's making a lot of money off of that? Because remember... The Chinese Communist Party makes a lot of money off of the movies that are allowed to play there. So, um, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Nathan Slay says, If anyone craps on Jaws around you, do you tell them how afraid it made you of open water? Um, I, I don't know a lot of people that crap on Jaws. Which probably means I, I know the right people. Um, Army Dog says, How could you recommend Nomadland? That was the most depressing movie I've ever seen. Pet funerals are more upbeat. Well, I will say that it's not the most depressing film I've ever seen, and I don't mind depressing movies. So that that's that's more of a subjective issue there. <laughs> I recommended it because it's an objectively well-made movie that I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, I never said that it was a happy, upbeat movie, though. <laughs> if If I ever said that it was a happy, upbeat movie then absolutely, uh, I would have been selling you some lies there. But I, I never said that, so. <laughs> All right, uh, 757 in the YouTube chat. Uh, looks like some comments have been skipped. Again, apologies if that is the case. It's YouTube. YouTube sucks. Hopefully, once I am able to start live streaming on Odyssey, it does not skip comments. That'd be great. Yes, thank you. Jeff, Jeffrey Dean Morgan was the guy uh, we were looking to earlier. Howard X13 says, I grew up with Stuckman and Longman has the best stream extended cuts since Lord of the Mauler Return of the Long. Interesting. <laughs> Dean J says, The only issue I had with Godzilla vs. Kong was the moment humanity tried to stand up for itself. We became the enemy dumb soy boy message. Yes. Agreed. Also, pretty much anything... Any part of the human story. I hate it. <laughs> uh, the Bastard of America. Back in the chat. Uh, TD. T down under. What's going on? Let us see. Caratharp says, I am a big Titanic buff. I got my Blu-ray of A Night to Remember. Going to watch it this weekend with 97 Titanic. Nice. Mark 63366, the greatest Bond film is Diamonds Are Forever. Solely because Jimmy Dean, yes, the Sausage King, 
is the villain. Ooh, can't wait for that. Dean J, have you seen The Courier? Made me really interested in the history. Gut punch of a film second viewing. No, I, I've seen the trailers. I, I've rather, I've seen the posters for it. I've seen it being promoted at my local AMCs. But as I said, I have not been able to see a lot of modern films because I can't really leave my house a whole lot because I'm either working or I'm taking care of my son. And this week would have been the best week for it, but sadly, none of the theaters near me are are showing early movies. Or more so, the AMCs aren't. And I still have... I don't know why. I've been paying for an AMC stubs. Or not, yeah, is it still... No, AMC Premiere. I've been paying for an AMC Premiere subscription. Because I want to support AMC. I want to support my local theater. But I've been paying for it for months. Like, the only months I haven't paid for it are the months when they stopped charging because they were shut down. But I've been paying that subscription for months now. And I haven't seen a, I have not seen a movie in a theater in like a year. <laughs> and uh, again, a lot of that was because of lockdown. But uh, recently, again, six the last six months at least, had a little, little boy had a raise. Uh, Laura says, I don't know why studios aren't re-releasing some of the classic movies in the theaters. There's really nothing out right now. I agree. And there are some older films that are being released. And I know that you weren't able to experience it because California lockdown was stupid. But early, early on, and some theaters I think are still doing this, they were showing a lot of classics. Like they were showing original Star Wars, original Indiana Jones, uh, Back to the Future, all that stuff. So I don't know if they're still if they're not doing that anymore or not. I don't know. Uh, Jeremy Zukowski, welcome back to the chat. Actually, I think it's the first time I've seen that name. Nathan Slayer says, I love Stuckman. Jeremy Johns is alright, but can come off too much like a fanboy than a critic. Jeremy Johns is, is awesome. Don't you badmouth Jeremy Johns in front of me. How dare you? Laura says, Odin hates redundancy and sass. That is the best way I have ever heard it put. Yes, that is a fact. I don't like redundancy, and I don't like sass. <laughs> uh, Hardwick says, Did you notice that the end credits of Godzilla King of the Monsters had a montage of newspaper clippings about how the Titans had fixed the environment, no melting ice caps, Sahara Greener, etc.? If you pay attention, Godzilla King of the Monsters implies that Emma's plan to save the planet by releasing the Titans not only didn't, uh, only didn't work at first because Ghidorah was an alien, but was a good idea once he was gone. Yeah, another reason why I'm not a big fan of that universe, because the stories are trash. The human stories are trash, and they're very much rooted, as you mentioned, in that environmentalist message. Uh, HyperDex13, have you seen the Bourne trilogy? Identity Supremacy Ultimatum. I enjoyed them for what they were, but I understand why they're not for everyone. I love Identity, and I've seen Supremacy, but it's been a long time. I don't think I ever saw Ultimatum, and then I never saw the... Uh, I never saw Jason Bourne, the movie. Robert Moobly tagged and says, Thoughts on 2001 film Bully? Never saw it. Rosie G12, I'm sorry that you're having some buffering issues. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, let's see. Crisco612 says, I know you have the Wednesday Raven Awards as anti-Oscars, but how many of the actual Best Picture nominees did you see? Well, here's the thing. I don't make the nominations. So what happens is I do similar to what other award shows do is I have open nominations. So I sent out 
a website. I sent out a link to people and said, nominate, nominate the films and the people that you want. And it was really difficult this year because I think only like 38 people filled out the nominations. Uh, normally there's like a, at least over a hundred people. So there's a little bit more variety there. So this year I had to limit it to any movie that had two nominations because there weren't a lot of things to choose from, which is why some categories only have like a couple of nominees because they were the only ones that had more than one vote. So I actually don't really have a say. I, I, I have my own vote. I, I make my own recommendation, but it's only one. And so other people have to feed into that. Um, but I can say I have seen every single movie nominated this year for Best Movie of 2020. Because the best movies nominated for the for the Ravens this year are Mank, which I've seen. It's fantastic. Sonic the Hedgehog, which was one of the last films that was seen by many in theaters. Tenant, which I actually got to see. Uh, actually, so yeah, um, I did get to see Tenant in theaters. Uh, that was before Baby Thor came into the world. So actually, no, yeah, so it's actually been six months. It's been a little over six months the last time I saw a movie. Uh, I was wrong before about the about the about a big year. But anyway, uh, so I got to see Tenet in IMAX, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I understand that a lot of people had issues with the sound. I did too, but I could still understand about 90% of the dialogue, which was more than enough for me to understand the movie. And then The Gentleman. Also, I just saw about a couple months ago at this point, loved it. Gentlemen might be one of my like Gentlemen and Mank are probably my my top two favorite movies of the year. So I'm glad to see that that they got nominated. But again, I didn't really have a whole lot. I I got my one nominee, you know, for each category. But anyway, hopefully that explains it. But yeah, if you have not voted in this year's Wednesday Raven Awards, uh, the link is still live. So I'll go ahead and and post that link in the YouTube chat. Boom, there it is. Go ahead and that'll take you to the website, which will then show you a link to your ballot. Fill out the ballot. And uh, there you go. Tina B says, Archer rocks. Pat S. uh, A Coppola will be interred in New Orleans. Nick Cage has a pyramid in St. Louis number one. I've heard of this, and I always forget that he's a Coppola. Father says, regarding scripture, I always would have a girl in class read the last verse from the Gospel of from the Gospel of Thomas, to see those faces when they heard women had to become men to go to heaven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't you love how people will bring up these these fake gospels to try and make like a point, but then when you actually dive into them, you're like, you do realize that there's this very clear issue, right? <laughs> uh, Rosie G12 says, uh, Odin, totally off topic, but have you seen Lost in Translation? No, I have not. Edgardo Martinez, best and worst Bond villains. So, out of the movies that I've seen, I will say um, Goldfinger, I liked a lot as a villain. Uh, and then you have number two in Thunderball, and he was okay, but he was such a flabby dude. Like, I didn't really believe that he that that he would be much of a fight. So, I didn't, I didn't really buy all that much. He, he was not really all that menacing. And then, from the more modern ones... I still really love 006. I love the 006 villain from GoldenEye. But again, I'm kind of biased there because that's what I grew up with. I, like The Bond I grew up with was in the 90s, so it was the Pierce Brosnan Bond, and I loved Sean Bean's 006. Also, one of the best death scenes ever, too. Because <laughs> it's just like, man, that's, a, that's quite a way to die. Uh, let's see. We only have four minutes left, I think. So, yeah, let's go ahead and just do uh, members-only comments. So, members-only comments from this point forward. Uh, but let me see. Okay, D-Lab fam, I love y'all very much. Thank y'all for being here. 
Uh, and Fearcher over on YouTube says, saw the pastor clip telling the cops to get out of, uh, to get out on Rakita Law's channel. Epic. Yeah. It's sad that you have a lot of Protestant ministers who are a lot more passionate about the faith and defending the faith than Catholic bishops. Very, very sad to see that. Um, Hardwick says, there are three versions of Casino Royale. <clears throat> 1954 TV version, Barry Nelson as FBI agent Jimmy Bond. Peter Laurie as Le Chiffre. Uh, 67 one's a comedy mystery to figure out who's the real Bond. Fun. Uh, Snorri Poopis says, all I have to do is break down and buy a Blu-ray player. Do it, man. Just do it. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Ingrid Berman, thank you very much. Rosie G12. That's who I was thinking of. Rosie G12 says, some people fall in love in, uh, some people fall in love fast in real life too. Not in days. I mean, cause, I, I, I don't know, Rosie G12. In real life, in days, I could understand falling in love in some, with someone in maybe like weeks or months, but in days, the whole love at first sight. I just love this comment from Mark sixty three uh, six three three six six says Ingrid Bergman. Damn it, Odin! <laughs> like I can just I can just hear the inflection in the voice where it's like, come on, man! I'm tired. I'm sorry. I just again, there's some names I forget. Uh, Rosie twelve is very happy though that I've given Notorious another try. No problem. I'm glad that I'm seeing the crab <laughs> in future. Crab rave intensifies. Yes. Play the crab music. Orange Chat says, if you like Bond and own original Xbox, you may like GoldenEye Rogue Agents. I love GoldenEye on N64. That's my jam. Father says, ha, mentioning Laws, I wasn't sure if you mean the shark. Meant What? Oh, mentioning Jaws, I wasn't sure if you meant the shark or the Bond villain. I have not seen the movie with him yet, but I, I've seen clips of that because I remember when my dad was watching the films as I was growing up, the one image from the films that I always that always stuck with me was Jaws because of the teeth. Creepy, creepy, creepy teeth. All right, all right. Members only comments. Um, let's see. Luckily, I'm not too far behind. It looks like, which is a good thing. Let's see. Make sure you smash that like button too. 81 people still watching. Smash that like button. Get those likes up before we end this bad boy. All right, Harwick says, if Godzilla can blast a hole all the way down the hollow uh, to hollow Earth with his atomic breath, why can't he vaporize Kong with it while Kong is climbing up said hole? Great point, Hardwick. Again, the story of the movie is not good. It's got plot holes. It's got other big issues, like it just not being very well written. Um, again, I'm not, I'm not defending it. Orange Eye Reviews, if anyone craps on Jaws, I will introduce them to my good friend, Bruce. <laughs> Jonah Hex, what's going on? Hail to you. Um, let us see. Venom Brule 93, what's going on? Let's see. Inferitor says, I think the Studio Ghibli anime, Grave of the Fireflies, is easily one of the most depressing films I've ever seen, which is funny considering how starkly different it is from the other more positive films. Yeah, I've, I've not actually seen that movie, but I've heard that it's it's it will break you, is what I've heard about it. 
Hardwick says, in my opinion, the villain of Godzilla vs. Kong wasn't really a bad guy. All he wanted was for humans rather than kaiju to rule the earth, and he didn't even intentionally harm any humans. When he caught some of the protagonists trespassing on his property, he didn't even harm them. He just kept them in a room and treated them to a monologue. It's a fair point. <laughs> Forever Sci-Fi, I hated the way the woman and mute girl treated the guy as a coward. He had PTSD from getting his brother imploded by the gravity change. They had to take their shots at men. Yep. Yep. There are a lot of issues. Venom, uh, sorry about that. We're at members only. Apologies. Apologies, members only. That Man Walking says, sorry, got to bail early. Going to bed. Well, I hope you're, I hope you're okay, Dad Man Walking. We're, we're ending the thing. Father says, Lost Translation is awesome. There's a scene where the Japanese director gave Bill Murray 90 seconds of direction in Japanese, and the translator boils it down to 10 seconds. Oh, wow. Or Rosie12 says, Do you have Lost in Translation, Odin? I will send it. If you don't, you will either love it or hate it. No in-between. I don't have it. Uh, Beta Kyogre. I don't know if that's how you say it or not. Thank you very much. <laughs> Appreciate that. Uh, new number two says, forgetting Nick Cage as a Coppola is kind of like forgetting that Charlie Sheen is an Estevez. Uh, but I remember that one. I always remember that one. I don't remember the other. <laughs> Someone just say 90 Day Fiance. Soul Assassin, come on. 90 Day Fiance. That whole thing is just ridiculous. It's sad. It's a, it's a sad state of our culture for when shows like that exist. Seriously. <laughs> Alrighty, that is it. Even Mario was joined the only physical band. What? What? Mario. Even Mario has joined the only physical bandwagon. That didn't make any sense to me. But anyway, uh, Father says, you know, you do know that Martin Sheen took the surname Sheen after Archbishop Fulton Sheen. I actually didn't know that. But once again, uh, reminding me of Fulton Sheen... Let's canonize the man. Or at the very least, let's let's move the process along. We have a confirmed miracle. And politics is holding it up. And it's very, very sad. Uh, Rosie D12 PO Box 4432, Chattanooga, Tennessee. 37405. So PO Box 4432. Uh, anyway. That is going to be it for me tonight, everybody. Let me go and shout out some people real quick because I have not made an updated, uh, I've not made an updated video for my uh, for my Patreon and Subscribestar members. So I'll have to read those live. Going old school with it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. But first, let us shout out some members really quick uh, because if you are at the member. If you are a member at the Army of Asgard level or higher on YouTube, you get shout out at the end of every stream. So a shout out to your Muslim uncle, Kara Tharp, Eric Duet, Rich the Savior, Dadman Walking 55, M Tackshark, Forever Sci-Fi, FCC 2014, Rosie G12, Andrew Hoyle, Eric K, Orange Hat Reviews, Adam Avery, The Bosco 2000, Twirly Wolf, Jay Stowe, and Aiden Vickery. Thank you all very much. And Fearture, you have a good one too, ma'am. Just saw you uh, say goodnight in the chat. It's the K-Man. Uh, Father, the Zunu number two as well. Absolutely. Daniel Thorne says, Nintendo killed Mario, removing the digital game from their servers. Only physical version available and scalpers are clearing up. Uh, which Mario game are you talking about? I don't even know. Anyway, 
Uh, let's shout out some people. So let's start off first with my Patreon members. So shout out to Andrew Hoyle, Animation Commentator, Biffer the Hobbit, Brian P, Div X, Enrique Evangelista. By the way, Enrique Evangelista is my longest Patreon member. Um, so Enrique Evangelista is a boss. Thank you very much, man. Uh, he's been a Patreon member since July of 2018. So he's been with me almost from the very beginning since I started doing Patreon. Anyway, uh, Father Christopher Miller, Hail Father, Father Damien Cook, Garrett Searles, Inflamed Wood, Trap Productions, Jason Clark, Jacob Juice, Jeffrey Toon, Jonathan Carney, Lance, Laura Story, the modern major general, Mike Jackson, Mad Mitch Dunaway, Mr. Peabody and his evil twin, On to June, Orange Hat Reviews, out of Step with Reality, Priscilla Hall, Riff Magos, Rosetta Allen, Steve Glasker, Teresa Martin, Theodore Benden, Tina Bojan, and Tina B., the Empress of the Universe. Also, a shout-out to Dion as well. We then also have my Subscribestar members, Fast, RXN, Nosferatu Gatsu, Stan4, John B., Perpetual Punster, Mr. Roy, Glinzer, J. Alex McCarthy Jr., Dean Heiss, slash the new number two, J-Rod the Beer Guru, Nebadon G. Adams, and ZK Man. And speaking of Subscribestar members, Fast RXN and J-Rod the Beer Guru, you won the last giveaway, but you haven't um you haven't you haven't claimed them. So I'm gonna give you another 24 hours to to claim the prizes. So to either email me, odinsmovieblog at gmail.com, or to DM me on Discord, or I'm going to choose different winners from that time. Uh, But I will be updating the servers, I'll be updating the videos and all that stuff uh, this week. Uh, But as I said, I just got caught up in the readings of of just Catholic tradition, A a lot of good stuff there. But anyway... Thank you all very much for being here this evening. I had a lot of fun as always. Shout out to the Valkyrie and Steph for being here. Steph being here while she's sick. Again, 70B. Hope that you're able to heal up quickly. And I will be on this week's Friday Night Tights. And we will have a stream this Saturday as well. So again, thank you very all very much for being here this evening. I'm going to go watch the rest of... What's the movie that we're on right now? Going to watch the rest of You Only Live Twice uh, with the wife, and we should be able to finish that before things end. But anyway, you guys are all amazing and beautiful people. No chest opening tonight over on uh, DLive, so I'll see the DLive fam next time. YouTube fam, you're great. Love you guys. Thank you all the members. Thank you to everyone that donated tonight as well. Seriously, it does mean a whole lot. Also, Humor and Hobbies, I don't know if I shouted you out because I know that you're a new Patreon member, uh, but shout out to you. And again, thank you all very much for being here. Check out the links in the description of the video if you want to find out ways to support the channel and follow me on social media and other places. You guys are all amazing and beautiful people. I hope you all have a wonderful evening. And as always, God bless.